7: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and
9: welcome to our number one, our number one of the podcast. And we begin where we left off in a previous episode of the show. It's all about the World Series. I'm getting a lot of questions here. Why the Dodgers championship is more important than the Lakers' recent championship. So I will answer all those questions. The toss-up, Dodgers or Lakers 2020 championship, which came less than three weeks apart, little over two weeks. Which one was the more impressive championship? And I will lay it all out. I'll make it very simple for you so you can understand. Uh, We'll get to that. Also, it's newbie night, so you can hear some new voices on the show as well. It is coming your way right now. In our number one. Solving all of sports great riddles. Welcome in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. Coast to coast, border to border, and beyond. All night long on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live. From inside the Magic Radio Box of the Geico FSR Studios. And this night, different than all other nights, we'll tell you why in a little bit. But you will not hear many of the regular voices that call up on the show. And we'll explain why in a few minutes. But right now, our lead story this hour, our continuing in-depth team coverage of this analytically driven World Series, which... Came to an end. You know that, right? we talked a lot about it. It's pretty much the entire show, our last show, Tuesday night, the Dodgers winning the second title for the city of Los Angeles this month. You might have heard about that. Uh, that other championship a couple weeks back, the Lakers won the bubble prize on October 11th. That 16-day gap is the shortest of all time. Not that people keep track of this crap, but well, some people do. I don't. I don't know many people that do other than the nerds, but they tell us that the 16 days between a city winning two championships in the major sports leagues, baseball, basketball, hockey, and football, the big legacy sports leagues, that that is the record. And if you're curious, the previous mark was 63 days. That was back in the 1930s when the New York Yankees and the New York football Giants were both victorious in 1938. So this has led to questions and a bit of a riddle about which of these two championships within the span of 16 days is a bigger accomplishment, a bigger deal, if you will. And I would like to address that right now. Now, many of you have sent me email and messages on social media. For example, I'll use one as a reference. Aussie Momentum, a Brigadier General, In the international wing of the Mahler Militia, a P1, he's been listening for a long time. He wrote in, he says, he asked this, can you please explain in detail why this Dodgers championship is any more noteworthy than the Lakers, which you said a number of times was not impressive. Now, I'm paraphrasing some of that, but that's essentially what he said, right? So let us discuss. Toss-up question. Keep it simple. Lakers 16 days prior, or the Dodgers 16 days later, which one is more impressive? Now, this is clear Dodger Blue, and it isn't even close. It is not even close. I've got real estate, mayor, and the divide, and we will combine all these things together. Now, to lead off with the the head-to-head thing, if you want to go by you know, who had it tougher, the Dodgers absolutely had it tougher. Anybody that knows sports will tell you than the Lakers. I mean, they had to spend two months actually flying around to airports and going to different parts of the western United States. They only stayed in the western part of the U.S. They played the American League and the National League West. They didn't go past that, but still, they were traveling, taking planes, trains, and automobiles as they were going to these games. Major League Baseball did not have a cocoon until the postseason started. So the Dodgers had to play an extra round also. And we had discussed the fact that these guys have a lot of choke in their DNA. They had more games, which means more opportunities to break apart, like when you drop a glass ball into a million pieces. And Clayton Kershaw, who has many demons that are still hanging around, he and his buddies there had to beat the upstart Padres and a talented Atlanta Brave team, Then they played the top team in the American League in Tampa Bay that had been the top team in the American League all year. And in addition, they ran into a buzzsaw the modern Barry Bonds of baseball, Randy Orozarena, who has been monster mashing in the postseason at that time. So now they they did not eschew any of the top teams in baseball. They played all of the top teams in the National League, also, home field advantage was still in play, unlike the NBA. Now, the Dodgers did have home field advantage in the majority of the games, but it's it's much different when you compare what the Lakers did in, in, in basketball. There was no home court advantage or no disadvantage when you went on the road. It was all the same. It was all in this lifeless uh, arena with monitors all over the place at Mickey Mouse's house there in Orlando. But in baseball, there's a clear divide. You still have the advantage, even when you play in a neutral site, because you, as a home team, you get to bat last. But when you're on the road, you don't. The, the big difference, also, when you talk about adversity, if you want to play the adversity game, is real estate, right? You talk about real estate, location, location, location. The Dodgers had to play in a massive ballpark the size of Texas in Texas. That is not a ballpark conducive to the home run. It, it makes Dodgers Stadium look like a bandbox. In fact, for reference, Corey Seager, I believe I read this correctly. Corey Seeger, I saw this the other day, he hit more home runs in that ballpark in Arlington in the couple of weeks the Dodgers were there than any Texas Ranger player that played 30 games there as they opened up the new stadium. And you look at the, the Rangers have been a bit of mediocre baseball team. For years, Joey Gallo of the Rangers is a pretty good player, and he, he's like a Paul Bunyan guy. He was kvitching and bitching and all that about the ballpark in Arlington, the new stadium, and how bad it is for home runs. And so that's where the Dodgers had to play, a team that, like everyone else, designed for the home run. But the, it's, it's not like the NBA. Here's the Here's the point. Let me get to the point. All right. The the NBA didn't make the Lakers play in an arena where the basket was eleven feet high compared to ten feet high, or the court was an extra twenty feet wide as opposed to the court they were regularly playing in. Now, furthermore, uh, as we continue the train of thought here, the the Dodger championship resume, right? Dodger championship resume is more impressive because the Lakers it's incomplete; it's lacking the wow factor. Uh, it's lacking the wow factor. As the honorable mayor of Realityville, USA, no zip code required, we must point out and do our due diligence here. Okay, We must point out that it's not even really close. So guys like Ozzy Momentum and these other guys that are trying to you know, bust my balls and all that and give me a hard time, uh, you know, open your eyes. Open your ears. Maybe you suffer from amnesia. Let me remind you that LeBron's squad took the easy road. And you know they had five months off to rest those old bones. Uh, LeBron, an old fading player in the NBA, and uh, he he got the benefit of the five month layoff and was fully ready to go, fully engaged when they came back. And then the Lakers played a, another five hundred Blazer team without two rotation players. Damian Lillard, as I remember, got hurt in that series. Then they had the six five, and under All Stars in Houston, and never forget Daniel House of the Rockets. Who was a rotation guy, an integral rotation guy? He was so interested in playing the Lakers that he got kicked out of the bubble for getting some booty, okay, uh, on the side there in the bubble. And then, and then the Lakers also avoided having to play the People's Team, Kawhi Leonard. And the presumptive favorites to win the NBA championship. And the Nuggets, as we pointed out a couple weeks ago, were so busy celebrating their championship, beating the people's team, the Clippers, that they, they were not ready to go in the Western Finals. And then the cherry on top, LeBron James and friends played the number five seed Miami from the Eastern Conference in the finals. And the Heat lost their leading scorer, leading playoff scorer, Goran Dragic, for several games to injury. And Bam Adebayo also was hurt, and even Pat Riley said the Laker championship deserved an asterisk because of the heat injuries. Now, he got some crap for that, and so Riley walked it back. He became a coward and walked it back. But I believe the initial statement by Pat Rice, even Riley's like, well, that's not really it. You know, come on. I mean, to be honest here. So, so again, the, the Dodgers' run is like Godzilla when you talk about having to play Atlanta and, and the Padres in the National League, the top team in the American League, at the end in Tampa Bay. And the Lakers had a bubble bath, okay. And also, the other thing about the Laker thing is, LeBron is an outsider. This I obviously goof on the Lakers all the time, and we we love to make fun of the historians. But LeBron's a basketball mercenary. He's not really a Laker, even though he won a championship. He's an outsider. He's not an LA guy. He's one of these people. This is what the problem with the town, of Los Angeles. Guys come to LA. And, you know, have Valteria Motors are going to make it big in Hollywood. LeBron's another guy that came to L.A. You know, he's nice. He's happy he won a championship. But his motivation was not to win a championship. His motivation was to make movies. He's making movies. The movie business is in the toilet right now because of the pandemic. But LeBron's motive was to mingle with Hollywood insiders. And that was his driving motivation to play for the Lakers, at the winding down part of his career. And, again, even after winning – He's not really a Laker. LeBron is all about LeBron. He is a Cleveland Cavalier through and through. He's not a, not a Laker. He's just passing through. He's just a vagabond player passing in for a couple of, couple of years, and then that's it. All right, last thing here. So, again, just to explain myself here so I don't have to do this again, the Dodger championship is more significant from top to bottom, right? And – the town of Los Angeles, much more excited for the Dodgers winning than the Lakers winning. And when the Lakers won, I'll give you an example. Where I live, uh, in the boondocks, uh, when the Lakers won that the championship, it was a Sunday night, uh, I didn't hear any fireworks. Bella, my dog, didn't start scratching at me and clawing at me because she was freaking out thinking it was the end of the world. When the Dodgers won, okay, when the Dodgers won, it sounded like a demilitarized zone. Uh, I thought... It might have sounded like if I had been at Camp Fallujah back in the day uh, in the Middle East there. I mean, there were fireworks in the air everywhere, people celebrating, so excited. And it's one of these things, it's really upsetting, I know, for the Laker historians because they like to claim they rule the roost in Los Angeles. I realize this is anecdotal evidence, but that would show otherwise. The anecdotal evidence would show otherwise. And having the pulse of the people, the Dodgers title not only had a higher degree of difficulty, as we've laid out for you, it was more meaningful. It had been 32 years of close calls, gutless losses in the postseason, guys choking one after another. The Lakers had just won a, a championship with the late Kobe Bryant 11 years prior before they got their little bubble ring. So there is this we we'll call it the divide, the generational divide. An, an entire generation of people. Essentially, if you were under the age of roughly 38, maybe even go a little higher than that, and you happened to be a fan of the Dodgers, you were either not alive or you were too young to have any real memory and get the full enjoyment out of what happened in 1988, the last time they had won the World Series. And we've always believed, I've always believed, the Dodgers are a bigger deal in L.A. than the Lakers. I know that's not the popular opinion of popular people, but you look at the attendance uh, you know, in, in general at Dodger Stadium, which has been consistently lead baseball in attendance year after year, and the general passion. You know there are reasons for that. You can thank the Dodgers should, should send a big checks every month to Fernando Valenzuela, to the family of Jackie Robinson, to the uh, to the uh, Sandy Koufax house there in Florida, Hideo Nomo, and all the others that. It's all-encompassing. I mean, the Dodgers have been able to pick up these stars and have crossover appeal in all factions of Angelinos. And it's insane. man. I, I, I used to see Fernando Valenzuela in the press box back in the day at the Dodger Stadium, and I, it was like, I don't know how many billions of dollars Fernando, because of Fernando mania back in the 80s, brought into the Dodgers. And here, all, all these years later, it is like a birthright in uh, in the Mexican community in Los Angeles to be a Dodger fan. It's crazy. They're they're all in. And uh, so so there you go. The, the Dodgers are not as Hollywood. They have some of that crap the Lakers have with the Hollywood crowd. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, the entertainment bozos do like the Dodgers. But it's more about the rank and file. In the upper deck, the hoy polloi that sit out in the pavilion at Dodger Stadium, uh, that's what it's about. So that's it. There you go. Everything you need to know why the Dodgers championship, more impressive, more meaningful than the Laker championship. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right. It is the Ben Maller show as we tell you now why this night is different than almost all other nights. It's newbie night. It's newbie night. It's newbie night. Yeah. I thought there would be music, Roberto. Under. There's, no, there's no music under that, Roberto. I don't understand. Uh, no, but it's a newbie night, which means we will have people that you don't normally hear call on the show. Now, people ask me, what is a regular? What is a regular? Well, we think we kind of know that. We have many of the people that love the show. It's in their DNA. They, they, they are part of the show. They've become characters on the show that call up several times a week. Some people call up every night. Uh, and, and, and those people will take the night off. We'll give them the night off. They can take the gloves off for a night and we will bring in the stars of tomorrow, the unknown, right? We're going to go into untested waters here. And as Eddie likes to say, bring in the neophytes and we'll see how this goes here. And every once in a while we find a big star every once in a while. One of these newcomers turns out to be a tremendous caller and crosses over and becomes a regular contributor. They have the fundamental skills of calling into a radio show. Now, I don't know who's going to call in, and maybe nobody will. I didn't spend a lot of time promoting this. I did send out a couple of messages on social media a few hours back before the show. So we'll see what we get. It's like a grab bag. It's like a box of chocolates, right? We learned that in Forrest Gump back in the day. You never know what you're going to get. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. 877-99. Nine nine six six three six nine. Also on Twitter at Ben Maller. We do have later on Ask Ben, and you can join the fun there. And for the P ones, the Brigadier Generals, you can still be very active on Twitter. We're not blocking you from that, and you can send questions in on Ask Ask Ben with the hashtag Ask Ben on Twitter. All right, straight ahead. Let's check the receipts. Let's check the receipts. We will get to that and we will do it next. But first, a word from DraftKings. Last week is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel... You can really feel it. Feel the sweat. Like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. If you haven't signed up yet, why not? What are you waiting for? Come on now. Get in the game right on your couch. Right there as you sit on your couch. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and use code MALLER for a limited time. New users like yourself can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on all of this week's action. Enter Code Maller to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code Maller only at DraftKings. Make it rain minimum. $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
10: That's
3: Chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
4: Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
3: And I'm Skip Bronson.
10: Do you think there are secret
1: bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura.
2: It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and... Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was
8: 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans who was unloading and uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said will you pass the Salt and Pepper and I misheard him. I said what? Sergeant Pepper.
7: This season we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday Band on the Run Hey Jude, and McCartney's favorite song in his entire catalog, here, there, and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
10: There's nothing more powerful than the unified voice of the Maller Militia. Get the most out of the Ben Maller Show by following your host on Twitter. He's at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at it and follow me, Eddie Garcia, your humble sidekick, the voice of reason. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Did you uh, see the video of that, though? That was nothing, really. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah. they uh, you know, dry-humped each other. It's true. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller.
9: On a newbie night, all new callers. Now, there is a tradition on a newbie night, and it involves... Whether or not any of the regulars will sneak past the goaltender and get on the air, some of these knuckleheads like to test their voice skills and see if they can make it on the, on the radio. I'm going to set the over-under at one and a half. Now, Coop can't vote because Coop can, he can doctor the vote. He can, he, he can influence the outcome. Uh, Eddie, over under one and a half regulars that get on the air over the four-hour radio show.
10: I have always taken the over, and I always will.
9: Okay. Eddie's going over. He's going at least two, at least two. Roberto, what are you thinking? What's your gut tell you on this, Roberto? Over. Over? Over. Over. All right. No confidence in Loop. I'm going to go, let's see here. I, I've noticed Coop lets his guard down more by the end of the show. Like I usually agree. <laughs> early, he's pretty good about it. Yep. So I'm going to go over. I think that last hour is going to be lethal for him. And we'll get a bunch of people on, and it'll just be terrible. And But uh, we will find out.
10: Well, let's, I think we should go to Coop for his uh, his reaction on our, our all-picking over.
0: Your thoughts, Coop? Uh, you're, you're probably right. <laughs>
9: okay. A good attitude. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, you know, you you guys count like a guy that calls like you know once every five months no, as no, a regular, no, no. and
10: don't don't say you guys on that one. That's just that was just Ben well, that one time.
0: Well, I was True. right. And, I was and correct. So these, these people call whose voices I don't recognize. And give me a different name. Oh, gotcha.
10: It has to be unanimous uh, on the three of us that that person yeah, is a regular yes, <laughs> yes. There There's you go. There's room for debate. It go. does not have to be unanimous. Is that, is that good enough for you, Coop? Yeah, I'm Okay, cool with that. there you go. The burner
9: account writes and says, Benjamin, newbie night should be known a few days in advance, not the next day. That's a bad job by you. What, are you got to clear your schedule? <laughs> it's yeah, uh, a phone Eddie. call. Also, <laughs> <laughs> you did mention this yesterday. <laughs> I, I did, but this guy wants, the burner account wants more notice. And, I had a guy, Eddie, that messaged me that said if he had known a couple of days ago, he would have taken the night off to call the show. Can you imagine missing a night of work to call a radio show? Who who would do that? But I had a guy email me and say he would do it,
10: man. Jeez. Jeez, jeez, jeez. All right. uh, Let's see. You know, there is a podcast available if you're really that, you know, if you've got to hear the show that badly. I mean, you can't hear it later.
9: There you go. Uh, Bubba, deep in the heart of Texas, writes in, and he's in Alvin, Texas, he says, Ben, you could have answered that question by without belittling the Lakers by saying in recent history your Dodgers have not had the record of excellence. The Lakers have had the highest level, so it's been 32 years since the last time. I, I, Bubba, listen, I just laid it all out for you. The town is more excited in L.A. about the Dodgers than they are about the Lakers. It's eh, just the reality. Eh,
0: look, you can you can make your argument about which – championship was more difficult and and i think that there's something to be said from each side you know that's it's a matter of uh, opinion i believe but as far as like People being more excited about the the Dodgers over the Lakers, I think that's that's debatable as well. It's you, you act like it's a foregone right. conclusion. Uh, would you like my evidence? I have some evidence. Would I you have like some my evidence, evidence too. Uh, uh, what is your evidence? Well, there was a survey taken by LMU, which has been taken every single year for like oh, a the past survey ten from years. LMU, they never yep.
9: asked me. I've never been asked for the survey.
0: Well, yeah, have you? Are you asked by every single survey? That's kind of how surveys work. They well, no, they, they should
9: kind ask, ask me. A, you know, it doesn't matter unless population. I'm asked. And, by the way, most people don't even answer survey if somebody calls up and says hey, I, you I always a survey. quoting
10: surveys so no i don't coop, not Coops anymore
9: I, all right <laughs> no, go
0: not ahead any, not anymore go ahead no I, i'm so that's that's one argument and then like you're, you're well, what did
10: the survey conclude though coop what the what was this survey, oh it was
0: mean? it was what's your like you know it asked people in la who their favorite team was and the lakers won over the dodgers it was 35 percent to 31 percent but Looking at the history of the survey, it's kind of gone back and forth over the years. It's usually whoever's doing better. and So so I'm going to assume, though, that survey was done before the Dodgers won the championship. They didn't do the survey yesterday after they won was, the World it Series. It was done before the right. Lakers won the championship as well. It was done back in April. Uh,
9: okay, so that's your evidence. Let me give you my evidence here. The, the win over the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday, the Dodgers.
0: Are you going to use TV ratings? Are you going to be a ratings bro right now?
9: No. No, no I'm not. Calm down, Coop. I know you're all worked up as a Laker historian. You don't want to hear anything negative about the Lakers. Uh, according to the people at Fanatics, okay, according to the people at Fanatics, the Los Angeles Dodgers have just set a record for championship merchandise sales in the first eight hours after breaking, uh, after you know, breaking the curse of whatever and winning the World Series. The previous record was set by the Chicago Cubs when they won the World <laughs> yeah, Series. You see a pattern there, right?
0: That's not that's no. not surprising. No, it is your, surprising. Your team hasn't Come won on. a championship 30 in 30, 30 years. something the, years. The Cubs hadn't won since 1908. Exactly. So Chicago those are the two records
9: everywhere. No, you please. That is a more impressive thing that, that they set the yeah, record but you can't of a car to the Lakers. We won championships all I the just time. Didn't. They also broke the record of the Philadelphia Eagles, and they had won with a couple years ago that fluke Super Bowl over the Patriots with Nick Foles and, and all that nonsense. So again, you go by that. Also the TV ratings, you want to bring that up? I can bring that up if you want. I have that information here. Uh, the, the television ratings. The Dodgers uh, they, uh, the World Series won five nights. Out of the seven, the only nights they didn't win was when they went against the NFL. But they won primetime TV five nights. Uh, they, they did not twice, but that was when the NFL was playing, uh, which was, I guess, in the, when would that be? Sunday night? Was that Sunday night, the first Sunday night? I'm trying to think when the, the head-to-head thing. Dodgers raised, But anyway, there were two nights that I, the NFL was playing against uh,
6: the World Series. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
10: Ben, did you see the Cowboys continue their uh, their roster reshaping, so to speak? Uh, they traded a player the other day, and then on Wednesday they uh, released defensive tackle Don Terry Poe and cornerback Daryl Worley. Now, some uh, questioned the release of Don Terry Poe. You may remember he was the first Cowboy player ever to kneel. Yeah. for the National Anthem, and so the conspiracy theory was out that this was somehow a part of that. So he
9: was supposed to be guaranteed employment the entire year, no, much how, no matter how big a slug he was, he had to play. He had to stay on the team because he took a knee. Is that right?
10: Well, Jer- Jerry Jones came out and said it was because he wasn't playing well and he was 30 pounds overweight, and yeah. that's why he's no longer with the team. It had nothing to do with uh, yeah. kneeling for the
9: Instead NFL. of playing for the Cowboys, he's going to play for the fat farm is what he's going to play for. Uh, so uh, good luck there. And the Cowboys should get rid of a bunch of those guys. They're not playing. They're not playing hard. They're pathetic. And start getting rid of people. Trade them away. Release them. Bring some new people in. They'll actually play hard. Why
10: not? It's not like you're going to be any worse if you're the Cowboys. What the hell do you have to lose? I think that's the same philosophy, by the way, on firing Mike Nolan. I mean, forget old Tabasco eye there. I mean... You could say, well, bringing in a new defensive coordinator in the middle of the season isn't going to help things, but it could. Be, how could it be any worse? That defense yeah. is atrocious. Do something. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it is the Ben Maller Show. Now, real quick,
9: this is an outrageous story. I feel bad. I got a lot of friends that are apologists for the New York Mets, and it's like any sports radio station. If you get on sports radio, there's always people that went to Syracuse that work at sports radio stations, and there's like a bunch of Mets and Jets fans. Not a lot of Yankee fans. Not a lot of Giant fans, but it's like a ton of Jets and Mets fans. They get in the sports radio. So anyway, the mayor, this hack mayor, Bill De Blasio, is attempting to block Steve Cohen from buying the Mets. Now, Cohen is a filthy rich guy who made his money on Wall Street as a hedge fund guy, And, and the mayor of New York is doing everything in his power, according to reports out now, to block the Mets sale going through for this guy, Stephen Cohen. Now, wh- why would the mayor of New York have that kind of power, right? It's a private business. Wh- why could that possibly be? Well, apparently, in the language, the mayor of New York has oversight power because the city controls the Mets' ballpark and the lease to prevent the sale. It can prevent essentially prevent the sale from being finalized because they can say, well, no, no, we're well, not going to allow you to do that. And <laughs> The mayor of New York called the commissioner of baseball and uh, said, oh, no, we don't want this guy. <laughs> Can you imagine? What a hack. Now, my brother lives in New York City, and uh, the people that live there are so furious with this, this mayor, Bill de Blasio. What a hack this guy is and how bad New York City's become. In the last couple of years, and it's been uh, it's been terrible. And now he's he's meddling with the sale of a baseball team. The Mets have have been mediocre to miserable for the better part of you know. They, I know they got to the World Series against the Royals a few years back, but other than that, they've been pretty much garbage for the better part of that time over the last twenty years. Every once in a while, have a good team, but mostly they stink. And they always claim they fall back on the Bernie Madoff thing. They, they, that Will Pond doesn't have any money because of Bernie Madoff. And and so now they're finally they're going to sell the team. The Will Ponds are getting done out of there. And, the, and they, they found a guy that's filthy rich that wants to spend a ton of money and make the Mets a big-time player in baseball again. And the mayor of New York's like, no. If I was Steve Cohen in Major League Baseball... I would say, you know what? Screw you. I'm gonna buy the Mets. I'm I'm gonna build my own stadium in New Jersey, uh, right across the water there from New York City, and go pound sand, build a Blasio, you bozo. Uh, it is the Ben Maller Show Sean Fox. Let's go to Rocky, who's in Southern California. Hello, Rocky.
3: What's up, my
9: boy? How you doing? It's a newbie night. It's a newbie I'm night. I'm a newbie. I'm a
3: newbie. Hey, listen, I got to say something. I've been listening to you for a lot, a lot of months here uh, at work nights. Um, you got one of the greatest voices in sports radio, and I'm not I'm not just saying that. It just As soon as I heard your voice, I always came back. Now, the only reason why I leave sometimes is because you talk about my Lakers.
1: Stop talking
3: about my (laughs) niggers! Please! (laughs) <laughs> Calm, down. Calm down, Rocky. <laughs> Calm down, Rocky.
9: Calm down, please. No, it's going to be love okay.
3: Your voice. I love your voice.
9: Well, thank you. It's very voice. kind. But, boys, I, I, am I Apollo Creed and you're Rocky? How's this going to go here? I don't know. I don't know what's no, going on. I, I, no. I bet you never heard that joke before, Rocky, right? You never heard that one before, right? <laughs> yeah, I you.
3: Yeah, yeah, No, hey, listen, really,
1: all, all, all,
3: all nonsense aside, you are one of the greatest... <laughs> Well, First thank you, Rocky. Radio, wow, bro.
1: look at you,
9: Rocky. You're make, I'm gonna get a big head now. I gotta get bigger headphones, Rocky. No, no, no. Thank and
3: then I looked
1: at your picture. I'm a big guy, and I'm trying to lose weight like you did, brother. So I'm yeah. following your footsteps, bro. All right. You I'll can do it, know. man.
9: Remember, you gotta form a habit, Rocky. You can do it. I was a fat ass, man.
3: I was well, I'm a fat ass right now. All right. Know, well, know, listen,
9: man. I'm I I still feel fat, even though I've lost a lot of weight. But uh, good luck, Rocky. Yeah. You can do it, man. Keep it my, up, brother. Keep it uh, up. Thank you, bud. Yeah. My new thing is this intermittent fasting. That's my new Michigan as my uh, my grandfather would say back in the day. Let's go to Jeff, who's in Southern California next. Hello, Jeff. What's going on? Hey, what's on, going on? Newbie night, newbie night, newbie night. Newbie night, baby.
1: How you doing, man? Yeah, hey, I just want to say, man, you talk, talking about LeBron coming here just for movies, man, came to win championships, then the movies. But what I really want to talk about is Justin. Oh,
9: no, he didn't. he didn't come to win championships. He couldn't, he, without... Without Anthony Davis coming in, they weren't even a playoff team with LeBron. They were a lottery team. Hello? Jeff?
6: Yes. Oh,
9: no, what a oh he was going to make a great point. that it phoned. His phone blew up. His phone blew up. The man was going to make a brilliant point. The phone blew up. All right, well, in honor of Rocky, who brought up the uh, whole fat thing. And uh, myself, of course, uh, battling the bulge all these years and still battling the bulge. Here is the Who Am I game. At 260 pounds, G-Man Choi of the Tampa Bay Rays, in Game 6 of the World Series, he became the fattest leadoff hitter in postseason history. Believe it or not, there's a stat for this. There's a stat for this. G-Man Choi of Tampa Bay became the fattest lead-off hitter in postseason history the previous high for a world series it's only the world series was held by me again at 260 G-Man Choi of the Rays became the fattest leadoff hitter in World Series or postseason history. The previous high for a World Series game was held by me. Who am I? The answer and more newbies. We'll get to that and we will do it
6: next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
3: Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list.
7: One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was
8: 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I'm Miss Hurley. I said, what? Sergeant
7: Barber. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Raccoon
10: skunks, porcupines, and owls are all nocturnal, but none of them can support our show on social media, so we need your help. Go to Facebook.com slash Show, and on Instagram, go to at BenMaller on Fox, and you can get you content to weekly features such as Ask Ben, lame jokes, and more. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. And here's the Who
9: Am I game in honor of Rocky, who we just talked to, fellow fat guy, at 260 pounds. Tampa Bay's G-Man Choi in game six of the World Series became the fattest leadoff hitter in postseason history. The previous high, just for a World Series game, was held by me. Who am I? That is the question. What is the answer? And the answer is coming in here. Chris, and uh, he says, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, who else do we have? Manute Bowl from Rob in Vegas. John Cruck tossed out by Jeff. John Cruck actually used to work at Fox Sports Radio in the early days. Uh, Jim is going with Matthew LaCroix as his answer. That great twins team with Matthew LaCroix that was in the World Series. Kevin Durant from Casey in Minnesota. Smokey Burgess, that's a good name, from Jake in Toledo. Uh, Manu Manu the Slender from Milkman Mike in Colorado. Uh, who else do we have? Let's see. Page down. Miguel on fire is going with Cecil Fielder as his answer. Rod, the ambassador of Bakersfield, is going with Marlon Bird. Jason in Denver says Mark Henry and his Hall of Pain. Legal tamper. Here's a blast in the past. Do you remember reality star Honey Boo Boo? Uh, who else? Mr. Luciano says who is Fat Boy Tommy? As the answer, Pablo Sandoval. That's a good guess by Ken. Uh, who else do we have? The Cavorka kids going with Prince Fielder as his answer. Raider Freak says Tommy Lasorda. Josh Reddick, guessed by Rob in Minnesota. Gilbert Brown from Alex. Paulie D, here's another good guess. Kyle Schwarber of the Cubs. David, the beleaguered Steeler fan who lives in Ohio, says the light-hitting Pillsbury Doughboy is the answer. Chris in Des Moines, one of my favorite baseball players of my youth. Steve Bye-Bye Balboni of the Powder Blue Kansas City Royals. Jason, our guy in Rocky Mount, Virginia, is going with Yokozuna as his answer. Eddie, do you have an answer, Eddie? I'm
10: going to go with Sam Horn. Is it Sam Horn? Is that the, is that the right answer?
9: No. It's also not Baby Huey, guessed by David, who knows where all, all the good restaurants are in Seattle. The correct answer, here's another good name, From the New York Mets in the year 2000, Benny Ogbayani. Remember Benny Ogbayani? He was listed. Yeah. He wasn't really fat, though. He was 225 pounds. He was chunky. Yeah. He was a fat ass. Nah, G-Man choice. He's he's round. But Benny Ogbayani, he was thick. How about that? All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Let's see here. Who do we have? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Let's say hello to Cody, who is in Maine. It's a newbie night. Hello, Cody. Hey,
1: Big Ben. How's it going tonight, well, man? Well,
9: welcome in, Cody. What's going on? Talk to me.
1: Hey, uh, first-time caller, obviously, but I've uh, been a long-time listener, and I uh, just love your show. I love your perspective and uh, love your daily monologues uh, and also all the laughs, and I uh, love your crew. So well, thank you, Cody. Very
9: through. kind. I appreciate that. Now, Cody, what, what keeps you up all night? Why are you working these horrific hours or staying up all
1: night? Oh, well, uh, I work out of college, but uh, I work the night shift. I work 2 to 10.30, but I work a lot of overtime, too. So there's nights where I work till like 1, one thirty, and I'll be listening all night. I actually listen to Fox Sports Radio all through my shifts. So I oh, catch God every love single you. show. God
9: hey. love you. Management, thanks hey. you very much. There's a check in the hey. mail for management,
1: unless there's not. I want to say this uh, ever since the pandemic started and going through everything and, you know, everybody's obviously going through a hard time. We're all dealing with all kinds of different things. Uh, You guys have been such a lifesaver for me Uh, mentally, uh, just at work and listening to podcasts and listening to you guys live on uh, the radio. It's just, it's just been great. So thank you for everything. Thank
9: you, Cody. I appreciate it. It's very kind, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. This is a Cody. How about that? Well, this is, I should do newbie night every week I mean this is amazing for my ego here uh but no that's cool Cody I'm glad you're you're up I'm always curious why people are up that you know I figure most people are working but I get email from guys that have insomnia and are listening because they can't sleep and they got some some uh, some deal. there's like three different reasons people listen either they're working uh they have insomnia or or there's like some, unfortunately, there's a lot of people listen that have like medical problems that pop up and they can't sleep because of that. It's not really insomnia. It's that kind of thing. But we will keep the train a moving down the tracks, right? And a uh, change up, a change up in basketball.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Hi, everyone.
3: I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson.
2: And what happens when two old friends
4: take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit
3: down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from iHeart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun.
4: This is our podcast,
3: and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.